Hey, I'm Elissa Nicole Trust, an actor and writer based in New York City. I'm Lauren Schaffel, an actor and producer also living in New York City. And, and we are Positive Creativity Podcast. Positive Creativity is a podcast where we speak with artists from all disciplines about how they got their start, what's inspiring them, and how they stay positive in the entertainment industry. We speak with artists based in New York, L.A., and beyond. Our goal is to give creative artists a platform to share their experiences and talk about their work. We hope that our listeners will enjoy the insights, stories, and perspectives from a diverse group of artists from all sides of the industry. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Our guest today is the amazing Stacey Van Gorder. Stacey is a New York-based writer, producer, and actor. She recently produced the independent television series Hudson Falls, starring Richard Kind and Jessica Hecht, which was an official selection for the 2021 Cannes International Series and Series Fest television festivals. She also wrote and produced two award-winning shorts called Steps and 3.5. I met Stacy at MN Acting Studio, and I knew instantly she was a gem of a human and a friend. It was so inspiring to hear about how she continued showing up to our in-person classes, even after she was on crutches when she broke her foot. In addition to being a multi-hyphenate artist, Stacy is also a licensed acupuncturist and a mom to five beautiful children. It's clear that her well-rounded, full life outside of the industry enables her to have a healthy relationship to it. And her positive attitude and perseverance are so admirable. Here's Stacey Van Gorder. Welcome, Stacey. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We're so excited to chat with you today. Oh, this is wonderful. Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um... So, Stacy, we always start with this larger question. What uh, is, I know, get ready. What is currently inspiring you? Oh, goodness. What, not who? Okay. It could very well be who, too. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll, the first thing that came to my mind is a friend of mine just put out her book of poetry. And I find that very inspiring because we, She's been writing poems for, gosh, the last 20 years that I've known her. And so she worked her ass off and just published her book. And I find that so inspiring. I love when people, they talk about something, but then they they follow through and they do it. And and I'm just so proud of her. So, um, so that's the first thing I thought of. But on another note, I'm always inspired and more now than ever by people who have tons of shit going on health wise or otherwise. And, and they just persevere and rise. And I don't know. I just, I find that very inspiring. Oh, that's so beautiful. Ooh, I love that. That, that is so beautiful. Um, so amazing for your friend. That's so cool. Yeah. Have you heard of the Spoonie theory? No. What's the Spoonie theory? Okay, so hopefully I say this properly, but basically people who have certain types of health issues only say that they only have a certain number of spoons for the day and maybe like taking a walk is one spoon, like making a meal is a spoon, going to work is a, or might be like four spoons. And then once they've kind of used up their spoons, they're done. And I think it's a really beautiful way for people to kind of push themselves to, you know, do certain things, but also to have boundaries and limits and self-care and know when to stop and know when it's too much and know when they've spent all their spoons. That's great. Yeah. And I've just, I'm definitely going to Google it right now to make sure I explained it properly, (laughs) but, uh, but that's my understanding of it. And, and it just, when you were talking about, about, you know, being inspired by people who are persevering, who are dealing with some things health-wise, it, it made me think of that. Oh, yeah. And that sounds so healthy, honestly, and well-balanced too. Because, um, yeah, it's, it, I think it's easy sometimes to push yourself and take things too far and, and, um, and feel it the next day, <laughs> for sure. 
mm-hmm. or that day. So yeah, I think that sounds really healthy. I'll be Googling it later too. Yeah. Okay. I just Googled it and it, it looks like I explained it pretty much properly. Oh, nice. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the way I visualized it was like you have, you start the day with a certain amount of substance and each, you have a spoonful, you take that spoon out and that's that. And you have another spoon of that and another spoon of that. And at some point it's going to be gone. So you have to kind of, right? Pick and choose yeah. what you use, what mm-hmm. you don't use, what you need to do, what you don't need to do. Okay. Yeah. You also all are making me very hungry. I'm picturing like multiple spoons and like <laughs> dessert is coming to Ice mind cream. right now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like the only thing I use spoons for, clearly. Ice cream. And, <laughs> and we're talking about holiday time too. So I'm like, ooh. Yes. I plan on working on my spare tire for the next three weeks. What spare tire? Get the heck out of here. I'm working, I'm working on it. Oh my God. Chocolate and ice cream and cookies. Mm. Oh my God. Speaking of things that are inspiring, I've been so inspired by you, Stacey. So I, I hope this is okay to to share. Um, so you did you broke your foot or fr- was it a fracture? Yes, I I broke my foot. Yeah. So yeah, so Stacy is showing up to our Tuesday class, our onset class at MN Acting Studio. She's coming in like the first few weeks on crutches, and she's been <laughs> up there to like do these scenes. Some of them require like dropping dead you know like the open papers, <laughs> okay. right where like people get shot in the first minute and she's getting up there and she's freaking doing it on crutches like <laughs> dramatic scenes comedy scenes and it it's like blows my mind and even commuting into the city like with a broken foot oh my God. you're inspiring well, thanks. That makes me happy. I felt like I, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I was like, well, I really don't have an excuse. Like I really, really don't. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a little difficult to get there, but I find I get so much joy out of being in a room filled with creative people. I am so inspired after class, during class. I really, I feel like, um, so for me to not have that experience, you know, I, I feel like I, I it, it helped me along. It inspired me. It pushed me. So I think that um, uh, at the same token, I, I, um, I laugh about this, but I, because of the surgery, I ended up with one working vocal cord. So I, I laugh because I was sitting in class. So I had the one foot and my one vocal cord and I still have part of me is like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? But again, I really got so much out of it. So I'm glad. I'm glad I showed up. Oh my goodness. And so thank you for saying that, Lauren. That makes me happy. Oh, of course. I forgot about the vocal cord as well. And it's funny listening to you talk. I completely forgot about that because I, you just, you sound amazing. Oh, oh, thanks. No. I'm learning to talk again with this new voice. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, you have a lovely voice. And I'm super impressed because, you know, in a pre-COVID world, I could understand someone saying, you know, well, I really want to be in class and it makes me happy, brings me joy, all the things you said. But in a our world now, you could have taken a Zoom class. <laughs> but the fact that oh you God. chose not to and to show up is really, it's really so inspiring and impressive. And well, and it sounds like you knew what you needed, at least mentally, you know? Oh, for sure. My agent was like, would you stop going to class? Would you just stay home and take care of yourself? I was like, God, my agent's telling me this. What is wrong with me? But I feel like I did the right thing. Oh my God. And the day I broke my foot, I had a call back for Blue Bloods <laughs> and uh, it was so devastating. I had to actually call my agents. I mean, you guys know how it is. First of all, to get representation is a challenge. Then to get auditions from your reps is a challenge mm-hmm. sometimes. And then to um, you know get a call back, a whole other thing. And then I had to call my rep and say you have to take me out of the running. I broke my foot and it was so hard. Oh, Uh, that sucks. Yeah. But you know, I was like, maybe that wasn't my role. There's going to be a great role coming to me on Blue Bloods in the future. 
There you go. <laughs> it's such a great attitude to have. And like, honestly, you know, I think that it's important to understand that life comes first and we need to take care of ourselves. And yeah, if you broke your foot, then like it should not be your priority to go to that callback. <laughs> wait, but wait, I love what we were talking about you know, before we started recording, but it's that thirst that actors have and that hustle. Yeah. I'm in the emergency room and I'm looking at the doctor and I'm like, but can I just walk on it for a little while? Like maybe eight hours, nine hours. I mean, if I book the job, it'll be in a few days. And he's like, absolutely not. <laughs> you need to have surgery. You are going to be off this for eight weeks. And I was like, I just kept looking at him like, no, you can't be right. Like this, this is not happening. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. The next step is you call, you know, the casting department at Blue Bloods and you're like, so could this role be rewritten to uh, be on crutches or be in a wheelchair? Is that yes, it, it did cross my mind, Lauren. <laughs> it did cross my mind. Yeah. Oh man. Oh my goodness. Wait, so when was this? This was August 30th and it was a homeless person. And I did believe maybe they could write in, you know, why, why wouldn't they write that in for a co-star role? Right. I mean, wait, the role, did you say the role was a homeless person? It was a homeless woman who gets beat up, gets to spit on the main character, all this fun, great stuff. Um, but I was like, she could have a broken leg. Come on, people. Let's think outside the box. Whoa, for real, though. Anyway. Wait, so how are you feeling? That's not that long ago. Um, I feel pretty good, I have to say. I mean, I have my days with the voice and the vocal thing, but um, I'm pretty positive, sometimes to a fault, but I choose to live in my delusion. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I feel pretty good. Good, good. Because yeah. I was like, wow, that is actually really recent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember the day that Stacy walked into class without crutches and it was like, holy moly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We like got to got to see your uh, recovery. You, just, <laughs> you got to see it all. The cane, the crutches, oh the cane, the recovery. But I kept thinking in my head, like, this is going to be a memory. Like, I know it's it was tough, but it's going to be a memory. And I feel like it is right now. I mean, yes, I'm still you know, working my way back physically, but, but I'm walking. And I, again, I just can appreciate people who wake up on a daily basis and they have chronic pain or they have ailments that are so much worse than what I have. And they persevere on a daily basis. And that to me is just incredible, you know? Yeah. That's so, that's so interesting. You bring that up because we've actually had a couple guests on this podcast who've talked about living with chronic pain or a, a chronic illness. Um, Jenny Rabbits talked to yeah. us about, yeah, living with spondyloarthritis. And I think of her, and every time I think of Jenny Rabbits, Rabbits, every time I think of Jenny Rabbits, I think of her smiling. She is always smiling and she's got such a <laughs> lovely smile. But even like, I feel like she's probably in intense pain and she's still putting on a smile. Like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, you said a second ago, you said that sometimes you think you're positive or positivity to a fault. And yes. as soon as you said that, I was like, I I don't think that's a fault at all. I think it's such a beautiful thing and, and something else that is just so inspiring about you, that that positive attitude. And I I think that's why you've recovered so so quickly and so so gracefully. It's Maybe. yeah, it's beautiful. Maybe. I just also found out that I got cut from Gossip Girl. <laughs> Wait, I think this is funny because I was like, yeah, you know what? It was just my turn. Everyone gets cut. It's fine. I had such a fun time filming. But then someone said to me, I feel so sad for you. Ooh, and, and I was like, no, no, no. Don't feel sad for me. I'm okay. You know, like I'd rather, you know, and I, but it made me think, God, should I be upset? Should I be sad about this? But I really choose not to be because listen, I got to be on this awesome show and it's great. And no, my lines aren't there, but you know, it's really about the experience more than anything else in my opinion. But yes, I would have loved the dailies, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, 
your attitude about it is really incredible and probably why you are able to persevere in this industry. That could be so disheartening because, I mean, you can't let it like, yes, it is a very, very normal feeling to be disappointed. Obviously, nobody wants to be cut. But I think that, you know, rather than feeling sad for yourself, spending time dwelling on it, um, wondering why, you know, wondering why something that's super normal is is happening and like blaming yourself is not healthy mentally and emotionally. And what you're going to do now is just persevere and book the next thing. And like the fact that you even have the opportunity and you're grateful for it, you're so right. Like that's what it should be about. You should be happy that you were on this amazing iconic show and that you had the experience. And you know what you said about Blue Bloods before really struck me too, that you were like, I'll I'll be be on it a different time. Like that's, I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful attitude and one that can really just get you through. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd rather do that. I mean, yeah, like I could have been very upset. But again, what does it do? It does nothing for me. You know, I'd rather enjoy uh, the fact that I really I had so much fun. Um, And I I love auditioning, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's part of the process. So I don't expect to book. I don't expect that. It's just always I'm constantly um, happy if something comes my way. Right. I mean, we're lucky. We're lucky to be able to explore this, to be on these shows, to have these auditions. I really do feel like, you know, grateful. Yeah. That is amazing. That is amazing. And so, yeah, so great. I feel like for for us to hear, for our listeners to hear on this podcast, it's, yeah, such a, such a wonderful attitude to have. Because I think that Sometimes it can go the opposite way where people either feel burnt out by too many auditions they have to do or the opposite where they're like, oh, there's not enough going on and I'm frustrated. And the resentment comes in, right? There's a resentment that comes in. Exactly. Exactly. So to remember, you know, that it's a gift that we get to do this and to have that gratitude for every audition that comes in. Yeah. Um, Just the fact that, yeah, it's an opportunity and we we get to do it is it's really great. Yeah. Even for the commercial auditions that come in, um, like I did one for a yeast infection product yesterday. I'm like, Oh my God, what am I doing? But at the same time, I'm like, God, that could be a chunk of money that I could use for a creative project. That could be a chunk of money that I could use for a creative project. I mean, or, um, you know, uh, I just, I can have fun with this, you know, see where it takes me. Who knows? This is, this is so funny. And it's funny. My husband asked me, he's like, is there anything that you wouldn't do? And I don't know. <laughs> because, because honestly, it doesn't, to me, it's acting. And um, actually, I did this drug called Suboxone, which is kind of, this is a drug that you take when you get off heroin. And it was such a great experience, this whole commercial. I, they flew me to Chile. I got to work with these great actors. And I played an addict, a recovered addict. And it got so much play. And a friend of mine was going through a divorce and used me as a character witness. And the lawyer said, you know, she is not credible. She wow. is an addict. And she should not be on this. And I thought, what? What is he talking about? I'm an addict. And he was talking about the commercial and seeing that. And I thought, my God, I'm an actor. I'm not an addict. I'm an actor. I was I was acting. He's and uh, you know, obviously the judge discounted what he said, but I thought that was comical. Wow. That's a crazy story. Yeah, but I will pretty much do anything. (laughs) (laughs) so to come to come back to you could you could you tell us your story of becoming an actor and also a producer and a writer okay I will try to give you the short version of all of that um please interrupt me and um okay so let's see so I was an acupuncturist. And one of my teachers in acupuncture school said, you should take an acting class. It'll make you a better practitioner. So I took her up on that and I went to the acting class. I was so nervous. It was so exciting to me. 
And then I just kept taking acting classes from there on out. And I became an acupuncturist. I had a practice for about five years. And in the meantime, I had a friend who's an actor and I went with her for an audition and it was terrifying and I loved it. I loved that feeling, which is crazy. But um, I started, you know, thinking about, okay, well, maybe I want to try to do this. And I, I think I submitted myself for some commercial on Craigslist. Um, so, so the, the feminine libido product was when I was with a rep. So this is pre-rep. So this was the commercial that I booked and I had such a fun time. I paid nothing, but then I was like, let me see if I can get a rep. And I just, I just took every challenge and ran with it, honestly. And I, got a rep. Um, and my first agent who is like 80 and had, it was that like that agent that Joey Tribbiani had, um, from friends. It was kind of like that. I opened up the door and there's like all these old headshots stacked on her desk. She was not smoking a cigarette, but she definitely had cats, old headshots (laughs) on the wall. And I, um, I did my monologue and my commercial read and she's like, okay, great. I'll start sending you out. Like, okay. So then I tried to balance my practice and going out on auditions and it didn't really work very well. And she yelled at me and said, you need to figure out what you want to do. Are you going to do this? Are you not going to do this? Because when I give you an appointment for an audition at three o'clock, you need to be there. And it was so scary. And, um, and I just had my first kid and I was like, you know what, let me, um, take a little time and play with this. And I've been working ever since. I guess that's the short version. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so I've done lots of commercials. I did commercials that took me all over. Um, and then I was like, well, maybe I should do some TV and film, which was about five years ago. And, um, and I started, I created um, a short film, my first, that was so exciting. And then I started booking some TV and some film. And then I started just really getting involved in the community of actors around me and producers going to festivals. And then I started producing, like really producing. And I I really love that. I love the idea of creating something and just the collaboration with creative people and having a vision and everyone working together for that vision. And it's can be boring and hard work and exciting and everything all, all, it's all there. Wow. That's that. Wow. Okay. I mean, what a story. That's, that's amazing. Um, I was going to say, and you're also a writer. Yes, I'm a writer. So I was like, what do I need to do? Well, I want to write a book. I want to run a marathon and I want to make a movie. So I really did all those things. So that was kind of like my bucket list. And so there was no children's book out there introducing acupuncture to children or anything to explain acupuncture to a child. And I saw my kids get so scared when I had acupuncture needles in me that I wanted to create something for them, with them, um, for acupuncturists out there and for their children and their patients and their patients' children. So that's what I did. Wow. Okay. So this is such an amazing story. And there's like so many, so many things coming up and questions I want to ask. So to, to go back a little bit, so you sure. had never auditioned or taken an acting class until you were an acu- acupuncturist and somebody was like, you should take an acting class. Yeah. till I was in grad school and they were like, you should take an acting class. And I I think I was just waiting for someone to tell me because I was so intrigued by acting. You know, I had friends who were actors and I thought, God, that's so exciting. But I was always, I was always pre-med. I was always thinking I need to pay my bills. Actors can't pay their bills. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that was always in my mind. So. Wow. And then once you started acting, like when this, uh, this rep told you like, you gotta, you gotta choose. Did you totally give up acupuncture? and kind of dive deep or were you balancing both? I balanced both for a little while. 
And then I had twins. And then I thought, well, maybe now I'm just going to do the acting. Mm. Um, And I've been doing that for mm, about 10 years now. (laughs) And, um, And it's worked out well. It's good. Wow. Yeah. So the reason I just like wanted to make sure I I had the story straight, this, these are both such huge, brave decisions to make. And I just, I'm kind of blown away at your, like these, these 180 turns that you made, which these, yeah, it's it's scary to be like, okay, I'm going to give up this plan that I had, you know, this career as an acupuncturist to start a whole other chapter and you hear, you know, you hear the stories of people who are like, oh, I'm, you know, a high school student and I want to be an actor or I'm going to college to be an actor. But to make these decisions later on, yeah. that involves another level of just trust and bravery. And I'm I just I didn't yeah. know that about you. And it kind of is blowing my mind. Well, I'm still a licensed acupuncturist because I work damn hard for that. And I do needle friends and family and myself. I needled my broken foot and my vocal cords. I was needling my throat. Um, I help myself as much as I can with it. Facial rejuvenation also with acupuncture. Pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, it was a a difficult decision. And there are patients that I'm still in contact with because I had treated them and known them from when I was in acupuncture school one one is actually a casting director um, and we're in contact and have been, gosh, for a long, long time now. And um, But I think that it was really scary because I, all I ever wanted to do, I know this sounds cheesy, but I wanted to help people. I just, it feels good and it's a little selfish, but it gave me something. So when I had five children, I was, I really needed something for myself because I was, you know, a mom to five children. And so uh, having a practice on top of that would have been really taxing. So the auditions and the jobs that I booked were such a fun kind of relief and escape from all the crazy. I call it the happy chaos at home. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. I love that. The happy chaos. Yes, the happy chaos. I would, you know, run to the city quickly for an audition and run back and, you know, maybe spend the afternoon and then come back and be recharged. So everyone else is going, God, my audition sucked. And I'm like, I'm just so happy that I got an audition and I got to leave the house for two hours and then go back home. You know what, too? Like, I feel like that's actually what helps you I'm, I just seems obvious to me like this is probably what makes you so successful in this industry is like you're not going to these auditions being like oh my god this is my audition and it's so important right and this is like the only oh, thing no. I have going on in my world today like yeah. you're going to these auditions then you're like I gotta get home to I don't know pick up my kids or like I have other clients to see like there's yeah. other things going on in your world that I'm sure translates into your auditions. There's a joy to do it, but also like, all right, like this is just one thing I have to do today. Who gives a shit? Like I got, I got other things to do. Absolutely. And I made friends with so many of these casting directors because, because I didn't carry that weight with me in the room Mm -hmm. and I could talk to them and gosh, now it's been over a decade and I just, I have such a good relationship with so many of them because I truly respect and, you know, and I respect them and I, I know a little bit about their lives and, and it's more than just the acting. Yeah. I think it's one of the most important things being in a business like this is to have a full life outside of it. And you had no choice because five children, that's a lot of kids. <laughs> and I have no choice. <laughs> and a lot to prioritize. And just like, obviously, you're always going to have a lot going on. So yeah, I, I agree with Lauren. I think probably actors get um, a bad rep for having like a desperation and, you know, really wanting be, yeah. wanting it too much, which is like, you know, not fair because <laughs> we work yeah. really hard and we want it and, and I get it. And yet it's a total turnoff and everyone can smell it and yeah. it doesn't help. 
And I think that when someone like you goes in and is just like, right, let's get this done. I got to go home. (laughs) Um, It's so, it must be so refreshing. Yeah. And then a lot of actors take things so personally and it's not personal. It really is. And I know it feels it, but it often, mostly it's, it's not, it's, you didn't have the right look. Maybe this just wasn't the right thing for you. Maybe you're not a spokesperson, you know, like there's a million different things and it's not really about you personally. And, and when you walk in the room, they really do want you to do your best and get the best from you. And I think a lot of times actors walk in being like, they didn't really want me. I mean, I don't know, this isn't really right, but I'm just, you know, and like you said, oftentimes they have the desperation where they just want it so badly and and maybe they hadn't had an audition in two months. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. But somehow or other, if you fill your personal life, it doesn't seem so heavy. Right. Right. Yeah. Other things yeah. to fill you up. Yeah, you do need that. Yeah, and I think that that's something I always admire about our guests. I feel like we've had the privilege of talking to so many brilliant people who just have such a full life. And I guess that's probably why we're interested in speaking to them in the first place is because they have other things going on that we want to hear about that are interesting. But I always feel like whenever we're having these conversations, I feel like personally called out by things that they say they don't do or they don't identify with. And I'm like, oh, I totally like like when you were saying actors take things so personally, I'm like, I, I do. I really do. I'm like, they hate Alyssa Nicole Trust. Like they do. No, they don't hate you. And it's, of course they don't. Of course it's not personal. But like, yeah, it's just so funny having these conversations. I'm so glad that we're doing this because I, it's so inspiring to me personally that I know that our listeners are just going to get so much value out of it. I really just think this conversation is so important. Well, that's why you have this podcast, right? So kudos to both of you. You're trying to inspire all these people who are taking it personally. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. I just like want your attitude of, oh, it wasn't my role or, oh, it wasn't like, it was an amazing experience. It's just, it's so important. Yeah. Well, now listen, I mean, in the beginning, I definitely had, I mean, the nerves were just out of control and I definitely (laughs) had some moments of, you know, um, you know, just getting on myself for not doing this or that, but it didn't do me any good. It didn't help me. It didn't take me on to another level. You know, it's just, it, instead it kind of, I felt hindered me. So I let that go. And, um, and the anxiety and the nerves have gotten better because, you know, you just get more comfortable in your own skin and in the room and you start to know people and, you know, you right. find yourself in a, a room full of people, at least you used to, that you've been auditioning with now for 10 years and they're all like rooting for you. Mm. It's nice. Yeah. I miss yeah. that. I really do. I miss going into those rooms and seeing people after the new year. It's almost like you, you know, it's like a reunion. Um, and I do miss that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you miss it or do you do, are you loving the uh, self tapes and the zoom? Oof, I'm torn. Part of me really likes the self tapes and the zoom. Cause speaking of nerves, I've, I find nerves, nerves are still there in both situations, but they're a little less when I'm at home in my space, something about yeah. going like on the subway freaking, I was always freaking out. Even if I left like an hour and a half early, that I'd be late. <laughs> right. It would rain and I'd yeah, show yeah. up a mess or gosh knows what else. And then the other part for me was the sitting in the waiting room it used to give me so much anxiety. Yeah. I, I just found myself, I'd be like, God, Lauren, stop it. But I'd like look at everybody there and I'd be like, Oh, that person looks like my twin. That person, <laughs> nothing like me. Like what are the, what's going on? <laughs> like This totally. person gave the casting director a hug for like 10 minutes. What's going on there? <laughs> my brain just spiraled. And there's yeah. something nice to me about being able to just be in your space. Like until your camera yeah. comes on, I'm like, I can sit in my chair and I can do whatever the freak I want. I can meditate. That's I can true. stretch. I can. Okay, okay. This, 
All really good things you mentioned. Really. Okay. I can see that. <laughs> but I, I also do, I do miss the connection. Zoom for me, I think is a, the nice balance where you can still be in real time and yeah. get an adjustment or talk to people. The self tapes are hard because it's, it can feel like a vacuum. You're just yeah. kind of sending stuff out and sometimes it sticks and it's awesome, but then you can send in a lot and you're like, what's What's happening? Did anybody watch? Was I, was it okay? Did I do oh, okay? Maybe I should have done this, you know? Oh yeah. Or yeah. even like when I'm in the waiting room and the, um, the waiting room and then I see this one girl pop in and she's, uh, I, okay, let me say this again. So when I was in the waiting room for her one audition, I see something that comes up from the casting director and they said, this person, please stay. They really liked you. <gasps> right before I went on. Oh. And I was like, oh, but I knew who it was. And I was like, God damn it. She booked it. She always books it. She's amazing. She's a friend. So I was like, damn it, but I'm glad it's her. Oh. Um, and it, I, I think it's funny because you just, there's, there are these other things that are not what you described in the room, but also kind of can throw you yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, those virtual waiting rooms also have challenges. But I've also been on them and I hadn't seen people in forever. And I'm like, oh my God, hey, (laughs) you're here too. It's kind of great. That is, yeah, that is nice. I'm hoping, maybe this is optimistic, but I'm hoping with 2022 that there will possibly be a a balance. Like maybe we will be able to go into some rooms or at least be able to see our reps in person again, or right. um, callbacks in person. Something. It would be okay. nice to be able to to have something after the new year to to give people a hug again. Yeah, I mean oh, it yeah. is nerve wracking, but I feel like those nerves really help. Yes, they help the energy of your character, and you know it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. True. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I feel the same way as you, Lauren. I mean, mostly now that I live in Brooklyn, I'm lazy and I don't like to go into Manhattan. Um, But (laughs) but at the same time, I really miss just like the hi, how are you? And like somebody thanking you for your work, even if you feel like you didn't necessarily book it or even that feeling of like, oh, I should have done this thing better. I think I really struggle with the self-tape void of like oh of like God. not getting any feedback whatsoever or knowing if somebody if if it's being watched and just and I love seeing people in the waiting room. I was one of those weird people that is like energized by that and not yeah. it didn't make me more nervous. Like I love seeing people that I knew from class or other projects and um I'm just very much an extrovert so that would make me feel better going into an audition. And yeah, I mean, I've definitely had the situation like you, Stacey, where I'm like, oh, that person totally got it. Or like, I mean, yeah, or just. But I mean that in a good way too. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, oh, she's, she's got it. I know she's got it because I honestly didn't see myself that I was right for that role. So I think that, I think then you see someone you're like, oh yeah, for sure. But then I was listening to some, something with, um, gosh, I think it was Sarah Michelle Geller or someone. And she said, anytime I booked something, I was like, why did they book me? They oh. really should book that person. Oh, they're so much better. <laughs> I think oh. I may have a little bit of that too. Oh, oh. that imposter syndrome. Oh, Maybe. Yes. yes, yes. Oh, it's- we know that all too well. That's come up on the podcast <laughs> before too. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. But it's crazy to hear someone like Sarah Michelle Geller say that. Right. But I think, mm-hmm. again, I feel like, you know, part of what we talked about, I, I don't think the hustle leaves the actor. And I think that there's some of that on all levels. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. For sure. So I have a question and going in a little bit of a different direction about your producing. So, mm-hmm. you know, being a producer is really hard and it's a lot of work and it's definitely a different mindset from being an actor and you have to be very business-minded and organized and all the things. And I just wonder, how did you learn how to be a producer? That's a very good question. I 
Well, I did create my first short. So that was my first foray into producing. And that was interesting because I sat down and talked to multiple production companies and started to kind of get the lay of the land, what's expected, what they can offer. And then I just started meeting more people and wanting to become involved more um, in the producing world. And you know, there's financial producers, there's creative producers, there's all sorts of producers. People throw around that <laughs> title, I guess, quite a bit. Um, but I think that I've I've done multiple producing jobs. I love being a creative producer. I really do, from the inception of the script to, you know, casting. All of that is just so exciting to me. So, you know, it was just one project at a time. And, and, and at some point people asked me to produce something mm. or they, um, they want to take me on board with them on these projects. And, and it's something I love. And so when I broke my foot, I started doing even more of that, which is wonderful because I couldn't audition. So other projects started coming to me, which is great. That's I obviously amazing. had a hard time not doing stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's good though. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And and writing. I do I didn't mention what I've written as beyond the children's book, but I do love um I love creating stories. I love writing them and to see them on screen is really satisfying. And not only that, I love when people I know write something and send it to me. I love reading it. I love critiquing it. I love giving them you know, my thoughts and, and just helping them in whatever way possible to make it better. Mm. So that's just so cool. And having read some of the the things that you've written, it's, it's so impressive and mm. yeah, it, funny, the stuff that I've read as well. <laughs> so good at writing comedy. When did you, yeah. When did you first realize that you were a writer as well. Did you, did you do any classes or did you just kind of sit down and say, this is something I want to, I want to try? Mm. Oh, well, I always love to write. I really love to write. And so um, I went to college. I got a degree in literature and rhetoric. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that would make me a more well-rounded doctor. So I did the science courses and all the English <laughs> courses. And I thought I'd write a novel. I'd write a book. And I've been writing since I was, I can remember, you know. And so um, I, at one point I dropped out of college, packed up my car and went to California and said, I'm going to be a screenwriter. Mm -hmm. But I ran out of money in Colorado. So it never happened. Oh. <laughs> and, um, but when I had the opportunity to write something, um, my stepdaughter actually really inspired me. We were watching the Academy Award shorts and we were like, really, really, <laughs> we can do something. We could do something better. And, you know, I took the story, um, that we created together and I wrote it down and I gave it to her and she read it and she was in tears Aww. and it had to do with our relationship. And, um, and I thought, well, God, I don't know, can I do this? And she said, well, why wouldn't you? And just so simple, but I just thought you're right. Why wouldn't I do this? And so that was the beginning of the writing. And then just, playing, you know, over the years with different scripts and, and giving them to people and, and getting really good feedback just motivates me to do more of it. Mm. Oh, wow. I love that story of your daughter reading that script and, mm. and coming to tears. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was wow. a wonderful memory. And you, Lauren, I read one of my characters. I loved what you did. Um, we had a, a Zoom reading of a pilot that, honestly, I wrote it and I gave it to a couple male producers and they were like, nah, and it had to do with female menopause, you know, infertility, all that jazz. And then I handed it to a female producer who said, wow, this was really funny. Is there more of it? So I thought, said, of course there's more. And I immediately went home and started <laughs> writing more because I had nothing. <laughs> and I put together the pilot 
And I just thought you played this one character so well. So we put together the pitch deck and you're in it and people are looking at it and some really good people. And so I hope good things shall come. Thank Ooh, you so, so much. Exciting. So ex- yes, yeah, so exciting. And it was such a such an honor to be a part of it and to be included in the pitch deck as well. Thank you. Yes, of course. Oh my goodness. You nailed it. You nailed it. You brought everything to that role. I was saying, Alyssa, that um, you could tell who was super prepared and who just went above and beyond. And the people who really did, whether they had two lines or were a main character, the people that I brought in to watch it, the producers, they they really, they targeted those people right away. They knew who put the energy and time into the characters. It was just a reading, but, you know, it, it could lead to anything or nothing. But I feel like, Lauren, you you really, it was, you were such a professional. It was great. Thank you. And here's where I have to credit both of you. So you, Stacey, in your email were like, hey, peeps are coming to watch this reading, like bring your A-game. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I will I will bring my A-game. So now I have to turn to Alyssa. So I reached out to Alyssa. I was like, hey, can you run some, uh, some scenes with me? I'm doing this reading tonight. And <laughs> so Alyssa sat down with me for like a half an hour or so. And we read through all of Kelly's scenes. Um, and then coming on Zoom later that night, I was like, all right, this is go time. Let's go. So I have to thank both of you on our in this oh. episode right now for for that experience. Well, you brought it <laughs> for sure. Uh-huh. Well, I was just going to say, even when Lefki, Lef- is that his name? Your dog? Oh, my dog, Latka. Latka yeah. came in. <laughs> your character took care of that like it was great you stayed in character oh my god yeah Alyssa Laka like had a meltdown in the middle of the of the reading and I was like Laka shut up (laughs) became part of uh it was great the character okay oh my gosh okay so now I'm just making the connection that you were the writer of that script oh yeah okay Cool. Okay. So yeah, that was amazing. I loved it. I was like, who is this? This is so good. It was so oh, funny. You read the script? Oh, great. Well, I just read Lauren's lines, but well, Lauren's okay. scenes. Um, but yeah, I was like, this is so good. Who wrote this? And then you, she told me that it was a friend from MN studio. And now, now I'm, now I'm connecting it all, but yeah, you are an excellent writer. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And yeah, so there are a few things that I'm taking from what you just said. So one, yes, like obviously always like being prepared, going the extra mile. And Lauren is like such an amazing example of that in literally everything she does, which is very motivating for me. Um, And also why like I write Lauren into literally everything that I write too. So totally get it. Um, but yeah, also I, I love what you said about how like you showed it to a couple of male producers who clearly just kind of didn't get it or weren't interested. And then you showed it to someone who was, and I think that's such a good lesson in just knowing that your work is not going to be for everybody, whether that's your writing work or your acting or just whatever it is that you're doing and that, um, that's okay. And it shouldn't be for everybody, but that sometimes you will find the right people and those are the people that will elevate it and will help you and will get it to its great potential. So I think that's um, actually a really cool story that, you know, after a couple people said no, or maybe it wasn't like a true no, but just weren't, didn't get it that you, you kept going and that's really, really cool. Yeah. Thanks. I know. I always think of, I think it was JK Rowling's that um, she, is it JK Rowling's or JK Rowling's? Rowling's. JK Rowling's for, who wrote Harry Potter. I think she brought the manuscript to, God, a dozen publishers and no one wanted it. No Mm. one. Mm-hmm. Look where it is now. I mean, right. come on. There's like Harry Potter world and Disney world or something. Yeah, that's right. Wasn't she was like living out of her car. Crazy. It was a great story. Yeah. That is an amazing story. That is, that's inspiring. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Um, but it's funny. I didn't think that um, I just actually shelved it until someone said, well, you know, this producer said, well, what do you have that's funny? What do you have 
that, you know, would make me laugh. And I just, I dusted it off and gave it to her probably a year later. So I did shelve it, but I have an arsenal. So it was kind of like, okay, she wants something funny. Well, I have this. You want a drama? I have this, you know, like, I think it's, I enjoy writing. So I I try to be prepared to have things um, when opportunity knocks. That's so smart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, how you doing? Well, we're we're guys dying. <laughs> no, actually, I'm I was dying before this conversation, but I this happens a lot where by the end of the conversation, I'm like, this is so inspiring. I've been like, I've been trying to go right. Yeah, it's just like the podcast is like my drug. I'm like, oh everybody <laughs> needs some positive creativity. This it really does make me so happy after after hearing amazing stories like yours. It's super inspiring. And even though we've, we've known each other now for, gosh, I don't know. know. Since eh, May, I think was the first time we met at the, at the picnic in the park. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. It feels like it's been so much longer and it's just been fun though. It was fun. That was the first time we got to meet everybody back in person. I was not part of MN acting studio until the pandemic. So it was just fun to meet everybody who I'd met on zoom in person. And then I don't think we, we had never taken class together, but I knew right away when I met you at that picnic. And I remember Matt actually said this too. He was like, Stacy is just a gem. And you've got to meet Lauren. You're going to love her. Oh, he said the same thing to me about you. (laughs) And it's so true. And it's, it's just been so cool to to sit down with you and to hear your story and these details that I didn't know, even though we've seen each other every week for the past mm-hmm. few, several months. So thank you. Well, thank you, Stacy, for chatting with us today. This has been such an inspiring conversation. Everything that you're doing is so amazing and your attitude is even more amazing. And it's just been so lovely getting to know you and your work. This was so fun. Thanks for having me on. This was great. Yes. I feel like we can keep chatting for hours. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stacey. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We always love hearing from you. You can email us at positivecreativitypodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at positivecreativitypodcast. And for more info on our guest today, please view the show notes. Join us next time on Positive Creativity Podcast.